welcome to Such a Lady, and I'm your host, Siobhan. If you are tuning in for the first time, welcome to our toxic family. Um, Get comfortable, make yourself at home. You are definitely welcome here. If you are tuning back in, welcome back, fam. I miss y'all. I know yesterday was President's Day. We definitely did not plan to take a break, but I don't know if y'all can hear all this congestion going on. Like, it's this bad. And I was like, you know what? Let us all take a break. <laughs> Let us all celebrate. If you were off yesterday, I hope you had a relaxing day. If you had to work, I hope everybody thought that you were closed so that you didn't have nobody was bothering you um i also want to thank you guys for participating in our toxic galentine's um day it was so much fun i don't know why when we try to do stuff something won't let us be great instagram was really tripping it really was but it was fun and i was glad that we were able to give away some prizes and that um mama was able to be included in it i have reached out to all the winners and um i just can't wait for our next giveaway um i hope you all had an amazing weekend um this weekend we went and took family pictures with mama um and that was that was when I knew it was like the oncoming of me getting sick but then it just went downhill from there um now if you are in the Oklahoma City area listen if you're not and you want to travel down here definitely come on down here because this weekend Boston Up Candles will be at the local pop-up shop you can come out bring your family support local businesses just have a good time it'll be moon bounces listen you all don't want to miss it if you can come you don't have nothing to do definitely would love to see you there um just look look for bossed up candles um i'll put a i'll post a flyer to our such a lady social media pages just in case so that way y'all can be like how you gonna tell us about something but not tell us where it's at because i'm good for that i'm real good for that um but let's get to it this week such a lady is um love demi xo i think i got that right um i hope i got that right but you are our such a lady of uh, such lady this week thank you for being so awesome thank you for your support we definitely appreciate it and you um we definitely know there are tons of podcasts out here so you don't have to listen to such a lady so we definitely want to make sure that we let you know that we appreciate you because we do now to this week's toxic love story gone wrong um y'all won't lie when i was 14 i dated an 18 year old and when my mama found out she shut it down like she did i'm for real she shut it down quick fast in a hurry and i think i cried for like a week and then i found out that he was cheating on me anyway like the whole time we was together um we had went out of town like our family had went out of town on a vacation and this is after my mom had found out so i'm not having no fun like why are we here why did you bring me you just wasted all your money because i'm not gonna have a good time so we get back from this vacation and um, my friend is like i got this tape i want you to see and this is when videotapes just came out so this was like we had to put the tape in there and it old school old school 
and I'm watching it real time and I, I call him I'm like dude what's up and he's like yeah mama said we couldn't even talk no more dude this was like yesterday you've been cheating the whole time you know what I mean so it was crazy um and like I kid you not for that first week I thought my life was going to end and my mama she just didn't care I mean, I know she cared, but she did not waver. She wasn't like, Siobhan, listen, you can talk to him or let's talk about it. Nope. It was just like, it's done and it's over with. Um, But I never once thought about killing my mama. Never once during all that time. But I guess that's why I am not the topic of this week's Such a Lady episode. Right? Now, Erin Cathy was the daughter of Penny and Terry Cathy. I love that. Penny and Terry. That just seemed like a wholesome name. Like, who are your parents? Penny and Terry. Like, it just seems like you could trust them, don't it? And then the Cathy. I just, I don't know. I love it. Okay, so anyway, um, Terry was the pastor of a church. And the Cathy's had other children. Tyler A., who played the guitar. Matthew, who was 13, who played the harmonica. And then Penny, the mama, played the piano. Terry over her preaching. And then we got Aaron, who was the vocalist at the church. So listen, they was, listen, they was Beyonce. The family was. They was it. They was the whole show. It was a one-stop shop. You come, the pastor's the daddy. The family is the praise and worship you ain't got to outsource nothing listen they was it you know what I mean um that that was until 16 year old Aaron met 19 year old Charlie Wilkinson now Aaron's parents thought Charlie was bad news but figured hey look the more we push the more Aaron's gonna pull So, the couple decided to let the relationship play itself out. Unfortunately for them, it didn't. Terry's father, Sonny, passed away and Terry went to pay his respects, only to come back to find out that Charlie had uploaded to his MySpace page. Now, this tell you how long ago it was, because, listen, I love MySpace. Um, Charlie had uploaded some pictures of Erin to his MySpace page that had her doing some illegal things and some sexual things, and she was underage. And so, at this time, the couple is like, okay, listen, come on, Erin. They sit her down, and they're like, we don't think that this Charlie guy is a good fit for you. We tried to let you have your fun, but mm, your behavior is changing up. And we we just really don't like it. Like, enough is enough. You don't sing in the church choir no more. You don't listen. You're isolated. Because she really was. She didn't fool with anyone but Charlie. Um, and now you're acting up and Charlie's putting it on my space. So no more Charlie. But, of course, Aaron was not okay with that. And I'm sure when she told Charlie about it, he wasn't with the smoke either. But Penny and Terry really, really tried. Listen, they did try. They did. They allowed Charlie to attend church with them. They had him over for dinner. 
they let the couple hang out. They gave them times where they could talk on the phone. Um, but the more that they let them slide, the more this couple started to skate. Um, because like after church, they would get caught doing stuff they weren't supposed to be doing on the church premises. I mean, listen, yeah, daddy is the pastor. Like, I mean, at least go across the street to Brahms or something. But why on the church grounds? Like, the, no. Like, but it was like the more leeway they gave her, the, the more she took advantage of it. And that would end up being the death of this couple. Um, once Erin was told that she could not see Charlie anymore, her parents, they I'm sure they knew there was going to be some kickback. I'm sure they knew she was going to act crazy. You know, you kind of know how your kids is going to be. She finna give us a little attitude for a couple of days. She'll get over it. But I really don't think that Penny and Terry could ever in their wildest dreams imagine the kind of danger that was headed their way once they told Erin that she could no longer date Charlie anymore. Um, on March the 1st, 2008, the Kathy's neighbor gets a knock at the door asking him to call the police. And he calls the police and he's telling them, listen, my neighbor, he, listen, he has... He's been shot, and I need some help. And they're like, is there blood? And the neighbor's like, yeah. There's like, where's the blood at? And he's like, where's there not blood? Like, why? I don't even understand how he's here talking to me. Um, Terry Caffey was covered in blood everywhere, and he was going in and out of consciousness. But he was able to tell the police that Charlie was the person who did this to him and his family. Not only are the police on the lookout for Charlie, now they are also trying to help the firefighters put out the fire at the Caffey's house. Um, They weren't able to start searching for the remainder of the family because the house was on fire. Um, So the police get to work and they go to where they believe Charlie is staying, his last known address, and they find out that it's a trailer. Um, when they go inside the trailer, they find a patch of blonde hair. And the detective says at first he thought it was a doll until he got a little closer. And then he saw it was a young lady in a fetal position. Um, they go over to the young lady and it's Erin. And Erin tells the police that she can't remember much. But she does remember that she was drugged, kidnapped and that's pretty much the extent of all that she can remember and so at this point the police were calling Aaron a hero because not only did she survive the fire that killed her family she managed to prevent her captors from killing her so Aaron absolutely was a hero and the police were getting ready to take her to go see her father who was in the hospital until the police found Charlie. Now, Charlie would tell a story that would have those same detectives eating their words, but not on purpose. Charlie says that he shot the parents and he confesses to it, but he says he couldn't shoot the children. He said he didn't have it in him. Um, Charlie also says apparently Aaron had asked him to do this several times before to kill her parents. 
But when the parents said that they could no longer date, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Charlie said that Aaron brought up the idea, but Charlie was like, "Mm, I'm not going to be able to do it alone. I'm not going to be able to kill the kids. I'm just not going to be able to do it. So he recruited his buddy. Now listen, Charlie is Aaron's boyfriend. He recruits his buddy, Charles. Um, Wade. So we'll just call him Wade. So he 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 recruits Wade and his girlfriend because she got a car. And of course, he don't want to leave his girlfriend out. So many people. I don't know. Episode after episode after episode. If you gonna kill somebody, don't tell nobody but God. Don't tell nobody but God. I'm not telling you to go kill nobody. But if you decide that you're gonna kill somebody, don't tell nobody but God. Loose lips sink ships. Every time you add somebody into your story, that's another person you got to worry about. So you might as well just, if you're going to kill two people and you tell five, you might as well kill seven. Because I'm telling you, if you tell somebody, that's how you're going to go down. I'm saying, at least if you tell on yourself, you can be mad at yourself. You can't be mad at somebody else if you told them the business. You get what I'm saying? So listen, if you're going to kill somebody, don't tell nobody but God. But they recruit all these people. When the night comes that the plan is supposed to go into motion, Charlie gets there and the family dog just starts barking like crazy. Like, kind of like never before. Now, mind you, Charlie's been over here before. He's eating dinner, going to church, so the dog knows who he is. But maybe the dog is barking because it's late at night. Maybe the dog is barking because he really don't know Charlie. Maybe the dog is, the dog is barking because the family's sleeping. He shouldn't be there. But whatever reason... The dog is setting it off. And so Charlie leaves. Um, Charlie was like, listen, y'all know how every week I'd be like, if you're looking for a sign. Charlie was like, this is my sign. Charlie said, this is my sign and I'm out of here. And he did. He left. He left and was gone. Aaron starts blowing Charlie up, asking him to come back. But Charlie was like, no, I'm not going to do it. You got to get somebody else to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. So Erin sneaks out of the house in her pajamas and the group goes to a cemetery. A cemetery, y'all, of all places to discuss what they're going to do next. They didn't go to McDonald's. They didn't go to Starbucks. They they went to a cemetery. So never mind. Okay, so they go to the cemetery to discuss, you know, the next game plan. And apparently Erin must have had the gift of gab because... Terry says all he remembers is a door slamming around 2 a.m. in the morning and then his de- and then his bedroom door being burst open. Then he heard gunshots. Terry said he knew he was shot, but he kept going in and out of consciousness. He did say that he heard his 13-year-old scream. Why are you doing this, Charlie? No, please, Charlie, no. And it was at that moment that he realized that the person who had come in to kill his entire family was Charlie, the person that they had taken in, the person who um, they had allowed to go to church, the person who they had given the benefit of the doubt was the person who had just come in to kill their family. But um, Charlie did not shoot Matthew. Wade did. While eight-year-old Tyler hid in the closet, praying that they wouldn't find him oh my goodness but they did 
and then Cha uh, Charlie and Wade, they didn't just come to the house with guns. They came to the house with guns and samurai swords. And so when they found Tyler, although um, Wade had shot Matthew, when they found Tyler hiding in the closet, they decided to take turns stabbing him with the samurai sword. This eight-year-old baby, who I, I you can only imagine was terrified because he was in the closet. So when y'all found him, y'all decided to not only kill him, but to make this killing painful and uh, torturous. Like, why? Why would you do that? So, after killing the boys, they go back upstairs and they stab Pity in the throat to make sure she's dead, almost decapitating her. They take the code that Aaron gave them and they unlock the safe and the crew leaves with about $400 before they set the house on fire. Now, Wade and his girlfriend, the getaway driver, they drop off Aaron and Charlie at um, Wade's brother's trailer and then Wade and his girlfriend go and they have sex. Like they didn't just demolish a whole family like I'm just like where is your mind at like do you detach yourself from that do you just not even I mean like once you do it is it just like that's over with or is it kind of like okay this is how I have to get my mind off of it I don't know it's just crazy I just that's just crazy that would be the last thing on my mind but then also I can't speak from it because I ain't in it so I, I'm anyway so they might have gotten away with it if Erin's drug test didn't come back saying that there were no drugs in her system because remember she said that she had been drugged they didn't ask her she said it she said herself she had been drugged and that was why she didn't remember what had happened so there were no drugs in her system then a previous boyfriend comes forward and says that Aaron had asked him to kill her parents and siblings at one point. And he asked her, why? Why would you want me to do that? Why would you want somebody to kill your parents and your siblings? To which Aaron replied, my parents get on my nerves and they're controlling and my siblings are annoying. That same boyfriend thought that Aaron was crazy and broke up with her, not thinking that she would ever go through with it act on it or find someone who would be willing to actually do the work for her but Aaron did and Aaron also didn't plan on her father surviving although he never said that he thought Aaron had something to do with it the fact that he pointed out Charlie and Charlie pointed out Aaron when he got caught was enough because although they left with that four hundred dollars, Aaron had offered them more money as well. I believe it was two thousand. But it just uh, every time these stories come out, it just amazes me the smaller and smaller the amount gets on somebody's life. Fifty dollars, uh, layaway payments. You know what I mean? I'll use. It makes no sense. I mean, you, you going to jail. But what? You ain't even got a chance to spend the money that they promised you. At least get a chance to spend some of the money, but you don't even get a chance to spend none of the money. I don't know. It's just, and, it's, and then for what? Somebody's life is gone. 
I was just saying, Aaron was sentenced to two life sentences plus 25 years, and she won't be eligible for parole until she serves at least 40 years. Her father, Terry, comes to visit her very, very often, and he doesn't believe that Aaron was involved, um, although her story changes over the years. Um, or does he? I, it, it's kind of it's kind of up in the air for me. I, I don't know. Does he know that she was involved, or is it that that's all he has left? You know what I mean from that part of his life. When Terry was released from the hospital, he he didn't want to go home. He didn't want to go home and rebuild because he said he didn't have anything there. So he went and he stayed with his, with his sister and. All he had was a box, and Terry said that um, after he got better, he planned on killing himself. And listen, whether you believe in God, that's not my business. But listen, if you're listening, hear this. So after he got better, he went back to the place where his family was killed. And he was going to kill himself because he wanted to die where the rest of his family was at. He didn't have any reason to live. And this is what Terry said. I'm going to read the expert. He said, I planned my own suicide. He said, I decided that when I got well enough to travel, I was going to go back to my property and I was going to end it. So when that day came, I went back there and stood on the ashes and began to cry to God. I said, God, I don't understand why you took my family. Why did you do this? I just don't understand. No sooner than I said that, I looked down and saw this scrap piece of paper from a book. It was burned around the edges. I picked it up and read it. It said, I couldn't understand why you would take my family and leave me behind to struggle without them. I may never totally understand that part of it, but I do know that you are sovereign. You are in control. When I read those words, I was like, wow, it brought me to my knees. That page was from a book called Blind Sight, a novel about a man who loses his wife and two children in a car accident and must learn to come to grips with the tragedy. It was written by James Pence, a good family friend, Kathy said. He was my kid's karate instructor, and he had written several books. I hadn't read this particular book, he said. He had given it to my wife about two or three years before the murders. That crumpled page described exactly where I was at that moment. It was then that I realized that God had put all this together, and I knew I had been spared for a reason. Kathy said that before that, he could not move on with his life, but after that, he could. He ended up getting remarried, and him and his wife ended up having a child together. Terry stated that he ended up adopting three children, and he quit his job, and he is in ministry full-time, and he goes around speaking about his story. Um, He has a book out called... um, terror of night where it describes everything that happened um and his side of it and it's so crazy because um 
like I was saying earlier, I don't know if, if he really truly forgives, believes that Aaron did it or not. I don't know if he even cares. It sounds like that he's forgiven her. And Terry has lost a lot. He absolutely has. So whatever he has to do to get through it, hey, it's fine with me. It's not like Aaron's getting out no time soon. So if it's, that's the only person that she has. So if God's put it on his heart to forgive her and to go visit her, who are we to say, look, you know what? Why would you do that? As a parent, I couldn't say that I wouldn't go visit my child. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like we talk a lot of stuff, but until we're in that situation, we don't know. I know here I talk a lot of crazy stuff, but I can't ever say if I'm in that situation, I would never go visit my child in, in prison. I can't say that. I can't say that I would ever forgive them. I speak forgiveness all the time, but I can't say, oh, well, I would be quick to forgive. But, um, Terry, Terry is a hero to me. Terry is that guy. He, he definitely, he is that guy. He is definitely that guy. Um, Aaron, I definitely pray that wherever she's at and however long she's in jail, that she comes to peace with what she did. And, and so for me, and this is just my own personal opinion for me, in order for you to come to terms with what you did, you have to accept what you did. Erin is still stating she didn't do anything. She's still telling her father that, um, you know, Charlie wanted her. And once he found out that they couldn't be together, he decided to put this plan into motion. But there were so many other signs and there were so many other um, uh, times where Erin was trying to get rid of her parents before Charlie even came in the picture. So it's like for her to say, no, I didn't have anything to do with it, but you were planning to kill them before. It's like, really, is that a coincidence? So I just pray that she comes to peace with what she did because her father's already forgiven her. You know what I mean? So the only person that has to forgive her at this point is herself. Uh, And we all know that, you know, you can make a you can be an impact wherever you are. I was talking to somebody, dang, that's so crazy. I was talking to this lady at work and she said that her daughter had gotten arrested and she had went to jail and she said she was laughing because everybody just thought that her daughter was in jail and she was sad and crying. And she said, when I went to go see her, she was laughing and she was like, mama, I'm just, I just really believe God had to send me here. She said, because I kept getting in trouble and she said, and I just couldn't sit down anywhere. And she said, and I just couldn't kick what I was doing. And I just got chills. And I said, only God can give you peace in the most unpeaceful places. I mean, like only he can do that. Like only he can give you peace in jail. Like, oh my goodness. So, um, it's so crazy that that story and this story coincided. It's just, listen, it all happens for a reason. But if you are listening and you are looking for a sign to leave your toxic relationship, this is it. Don't look no more. Don't you search no more. Don't you call another friend. Don't you, don't listen. Don't you, don't you write another letter. Don't you, don't you send another text message to him asking him or her why. They keep treating you like this because unfortunately, love, they only do it because we allow them to do it.
And once we stop, they can't do it no more. And if they do do it, it's not because we allow it. So people will only do what you allow them to do. And so I'm asking you to see your worth. I'm asking you to see yourself outside of the situation that you're in right now. I'm asking you to see yourself the way that God sees you. I'm asking you to see more for yourself. And you can't see it while you're in the mess. Um, If you need help getting out the mess, you can always reach out to us here at Such a Lady. Or you can reach out to the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-722-SAFE. That's 1-800-722-SAFE. And they'll be more than happy to assist you. You don't have to scream it from the mountaintops that you're leaving. A lot of the times it's best to just move in silence. But whatever you got to do to be safe and to be the best version of you, we're here for it and we're praying for you. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's Such a Lady. I'm sorry it's a day late and a dollar short, but I'm here. Y'all here. We're family. And I love y'all. Um, meet y'all here. Same time, same place. No, same. No. Next week on Monday, not Tuesday. Um, but definitely catch us at social media at Instagram, Such a Lady 30 and Such a Lady on Facebook. Y'all don't forget to be great on purpose. I love you. Bye.